Hi, I'm Arnie Skelton, and each week in this podcast series, I'm going to offer you my top 10 tips on particular topics or themes that might be of interest to you as a teacher or manager or both. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast, which is all about coaching models. So I'm hoping it's of interest to anyone who wants to have a go at coaching, but needs some kind of structure to help them work their way through the coaching conversation. So uh, this week I'm going to look at 10 different models or structures for coaching. Uh, And the 10 are Banda, Scope, Grow, Opera, AUCCC, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, RAC, Logical Levels, Kolb's Learning Cycle, and Motivational Interviewing. So in each of those 10 models, I'll take you through what the models are, each of the components of that model, and say something briefly about the context within which that particular model might work. Okay, so tip number one, the first coaching model is Banda, and that's spelt B-A-N-D-A. And the letters stand for Benchmark, Aim, Need, Difficulty and Action. So in this model, you firstly start by identifying where the other person, the individual being coached, is. And that's the benchmark. So where are they now? Aim means where do they want to be. Follow that between A and B, you will get the gap that that individual is working on. The difference between the benchmark, where they are now, and the aim of where they want to be. So that establishes the gap. Need is really a simple, what do they need to close that gap? Those first three letters, B-A-N, are relatively easy and straightforward to establish. Where are they now? Where do they want to be? And what do they need to close the gap. The fourth letter is the one that's really important, difficulty. And that can be summarised in three words. What's stopping you? You know what the gap is, you know what you need to do to close that gap. What's stopping you? Why isn't it happening? And that's because most people struggle with the difficulty. There's usually some kind of block or barrier to the person progressing. So focus on the D stage the difficulty. What's the barrier? What's the block? And work hard to see if you can identify then remove that block. Once you've identified what the block or blocks are and what might be needed to get past those blocks, then A stands for action. What do you need to do to tackle that block? So the action is focused on removing the block, not on achieving the goal. So that's Banda. Benchmark, aim, need, difficulty and action. The second model is SCOPE, S-C-O-P-E, and the letters stand for Symptom, Cause, Options, Preference and Execute. So Symptom, what's the evidence that a problem or an issue exists? Can you produce the evidence of what's wrong? C is for cause. So what's bringing that problem about? What's the reason? Why is it happening? 
So look for the cause. Once you've identified the symptom and the cause, which is what, what's happening at now and why, look for the options. How do you want to move it forward? For each option, identify the pros and cons of taking that option. And once you've analysed the options, the P stands for preference. Which of those options do you prefer? And once you've decided which of those options you prefer, then execute. Put that preference into action. So, symptom, cause, option, preference and execute. That's scope, which is model number two. Model number three is grow. This is quite a familiar model for most people who work with coaching. And it's a straightforward model that stands for goal, reality, options and way forward. My own version of way forward is where to from here. It doesn't really matter. Goal, reality, options and way forward. So a goal, that's what you want to achieve. What's your purpose or objective? R for reality, which is what's currently happening. So where are we at the moment? Reality. O is for options. What are the options for moving from reality to goal? And way forward is what's the specific steps to take, which in many other ways is an action plan. So goal, reality, options and way forward. That's the GROW model, which is model number three. Model number four is OPERA. O-P-E-R-A. And those letters stand for observe, provide feedback, experiment, review and action. In this particular approach, the aim of the coach is to get the individual doing something which they can then observe as coach, provide feedback and suggest they have other ways of doing what they currently do. So the first step is O for observe. Observe what the current situation is and what the individual does to handle that situation. Let's suppose, for example, it was um, managing a difficult conversation. So the first step for the coach would be to, to observe the individual managing such a conversation. Then the second step, P, is provide feedback. The coach would provide feedback on what he or she had observed. The next step is experiment. And this simply means the coach encouraging the individual to try something new or different from what they currently do. So E for experiment. R for review. How did that experiment go? And in particular, how did the experiment go compared with how the individual had previously handled the situation? So it's a comparison between what's being experimented with and what would normally happen. So that's the review stage. And A for action, once again, consolidate the learning into some way forward. So observe, provide feedback, experiment, review and action they're all the stages of opera, which is model number four. Model number five is AUCCC, which means A-U-C-C-C. And the letters stand for Aware, Understand, Capable, Capacity and Commitment. 
This is a model that's particularly helpful if the individual is facing a problem. Um, and sometimes it's worth working with an individual who has a member of staff who's not working well, is not performing well, or has some behaviour issue. So let's look at each of the five steps in turn. The first A is for aware. Does the individual actually know that there's a problem? Are they aware that a problem or issue exists? The U stands for understand. If they're aware, do they understand the significance of the issue and their responsibility for that issue? So understand why it's important or significant and understand their contribution to that issue. It's quite possible that somebody's aware of a problem but doesn't think it's anything to do with them. The third step is the first of the C's, which is capable. If the person now is aware of the problem and understands its significance and their contribution, are they capable of doing anything about it? Do they have the skills to move it forward and make it happen? So the first C is capable. Is the individual capable of making a solution to the problem? The second C is capacity. The individual may have the capability needed, but don't have the capacity. They're overloaded, and for them, dealing with this particular issue is not a priority. So it's a capacity issue. And the final C is commitment. Suppose the individual is aware of the issue, understands the issue, is capable of resolving the issue, has the capacity to sort the issue out, then what we're left with, if still it isn't being tackled, is a lack of commitment. So, model number five, AUCCC, aware, understand, capable, capacity and commitment. So tip number six is model six, which is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And this runs as follows. It's a pyramid, really, and the base of the pyramid is survival. The second layer up is security. The third layer is social, the fourth layer is self-esteem, and the top layer is self-fulfillment. So it's a pyramid of five layers, survival, security, social, self-esteem, and self-fulfillment. And Maslow suggests that the base need, the most basic of all needs, is that of survival. So people will focus primarily on making sure their survival is guaranteed. Only once that has been achieved are they prepared to move to the next level, which is security, which is a bit longer term than simple day-to-day -day or hour-to-hour -hour survival. And only when security has been guaranteed does the individual move forward to looking at their social needs, the, the, the way in which they integrate with and belong to a social group. When that need is met, the individual is more likely to be concerned about self-development and self-esteem, making life work well for themselves. And the final layer, the top layer of the pyramid, is self-fulfillment, being prepared and willing and able and interested in fulfilling their own potential. And the essence of Maslow's hierarchy is that you can't deal with any of the layers if the layers below have not been met. So you can't deal with social esteem, social belonging, social relationships if the person feels threatened by security and basic survival. 
So for a coach, they can work through the hierarchy from the bottom levels to the top, seeing if they can find at which level the individual they're working with is currently operating. So that's model number six, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Model number seven is RAC. It's a timeline model where the coach would focus on different times that are relevant to the individual they're working with. Because the RAC letters stand for Reason, Activity and Consequence. RAC, Reason, Activity and Consequence. Sometimes what the individual needs to do is to describe what's currently happening and be focused on that. Uh, Often they will talk quite extensively about the current situation, the problem, the difficulty that presents itself in the here and now. And for some, it may be important to go back in time to the past to work out what's happened to bring that individual to the current situation. So the coach will need to work on the past to look for reasons for why the current situation has occurred. But for other individuals, it's important to look at the consequence, the future, of what's going to happen in the future if nothing is done to improve the current situation. So the coach should be able and willing to move from past to present to future, back and forwards, as needed, facing that particular individual. So the seventh model is RAC, Reason, Activity and Consequence. Essentially a timeline model where the coach may look at the past, the present or the future according to the situation and preferences faced by the individual. Tip number eight, model number eight, is logical levels. Again, it's a pyramid, starting at the base level and moving to the top. And the, and the six levels in this model are, starting at the base, environment, behavior, skills, values and emotions, identity and purpose. I'll say them again. Environment, behavior, skills, values and emotions, identity and purpose. And what's being suggested here is that each of those six factors might very much shape how the individual sees the situation and what the might appro- what might be the most appropriate route for solving the problem. So starting at base level, environment. What impact does the environment have on the individual? Is he or she affected by their surroundings or context? Is it a context-driven issue? Or how might the environment be changed in order to help the individual cope better with the situation? For example, if the individual is prone to eating junk food rather than healthy food, then encourage them not to have junk food in the house. That would be an environmental factor and an environment discussion. Behaviour, the next level up, is about the individual's behaviour. Does their behaviour, often what we mean here is their habits, does their behaviour significantly affect their ability to perform or or tackle the issue? Is it a behaviour issue with a behaviour solution? The third level is skills. 
The individual may behave in a particular way because they lack the skills necessary to change that situation. So there's a skills gap. So the third level of this particular model is to do with the skills the individual has or doesn't have and how they might affect the situation. The fourth level up is values. I would prefer probably the word beliefs. What does the individual believe? What do the, does the individual value that might affect both the situation and their ability to resolve it? Do they, for example, need to change or challenge their current beliefs? Do they have a, a presupposition or a, a presumption of the way the world is that is blocking them from making progress? So it's worth examining at this level the individual's values, emotions and beliefs. Fifthly, identity. How does the individual see him or herself? It's really an issue of ownership, I think. If the individual is disassociated from the problem, sees the problem as being external to them, lying somewhere out there and not connected to them, then they're going to struggle to take any action directly to solve the problem. But if they identify with the problem as being something that they contribute to, that they have ownership of, then they're much more likely to take some relevant action. And the top level of logical levels model is purpose. Why does the individual feel they exist? To what extent do they feel they are there to make a difference in the world? Because at the highest level of logical levels, it could be that the individual lacks a real sense of purpose, of motivation, of commitment that would fuel or explain how they see the world and their relationship to it. So very often people with very strong commitments have very strong causes that they sign up to emotionally and they have a sense of, of contribution in the world that impels them almost to be as they are. So those are the six logical levels. Just to recap them again, environment, behaviour, skills, values and emotions, or possibly beliefs, identity and purpose. Tip number nine, model number nine, is Kolb's learning cycle. And this is really based on what kind of learner the individual is. And he's got four types of learner. Activist, reflector, theorist and pragmatist. And so in a coaching model, the coach will be looking to see how the individual likes to learn, what their preference is. And they may get some idea of this from the conversation or from observing the learner at work. So an activist learner is somebody who likes to learn by doing. They like to be active. A reflector likes to learn by thinking, by thinking something through by processing it in their head, in their minds, and coming to some conclusion. The theorist very often likes concepts or models, very much what we're doing today, that would suit the theorist, some kind of construct or model or framework that they can use to apply against ongoing reality. So how does what's happening look against the, I don't know, the scope model or the AU triple C model? So a theorist likes to have some conceptual approach to how to learn. And the pragmatist is less concerned about the, the process than the outcome. What works? So rather than 
if you like, learn something, they'd look it up, if that works. Or they'd ask somebody, if that works. So a pragmatist is, is, is very functional, very instrumental. They just want to know what works, what gets them to the solution quickest. That's the pragmatist. And Kolb says two things, really. One, that each of us has a different priority or blend of these four approaches, activist, reflector, theorist, or pragmatist, and that much learning takes place as a cycle of those four. So starting at the top at 12 o'clock on a clock face and moving clockwise round, then you start by doing something, reflecting on how that went, checking how it went against the model of how you would like it to have gone, and then changing something in order to make it work better. So do something, reflect on it, check it against some kind of framework or model, and adapt and adjust to make it better. That's Kolb's learning cycle. Tip number nine, model number nine. And finally, motivational interviewing. Tip number ten, model number ten. This is quite a technical model, and it's really about individuals who just aren't good at making progress, who, if you like, are habitually failing and might have some kind of dependency on the situation that's difficult to break. So motivational interviewing tends to be used with drug or alcohol or some other behaviour that is is a a dependency relationship where the individual finds it really difficult to to break any uh, dominant habit. And the six stages of motivational interviewing are pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance and relapse. And I think it's the last two elements that are different in this particular model from many of the models we've already discussed. So let's look at each in turn. Pre-contemplation is what's the situation, what's the issue, what's the symptom, if you like, that exists before any intervention is made to tackle it. So what's the current state of play before the individual gets to look at it and think about changing it? So where are we now? That's pre-contemplation. The second step is contemplation, helping the individual look at the situation and see what they think of it, what they want to do about it, and how they may want to do something about it. So step three is preparation. Having considered and looked at the situation, what's the best way forward? That's preparation. What are the priorities? What are their preferences? So what are they prepared to do to make a difference, to change? Step four is action. So that's common to many of the models. What action will the individual take to put their preferred way into action, into progress? So, so far, so good, so normal. Step E, step five, is maintenance. And here's the difference. This model assumes, and I think quite correctly, that most people who are habitually stuck in a particular way of of behaving or acting will not change easily. It's no good saying, well, there's the action plan, go ahead and put it into place. The action needs to be maintained. So what steps need to be taken to support the action to keep it going? So there needs to be, if you like, a maintenance plan, not just an action plan. And the sixth step is relapse. This model 
allows or has the assumption that the individual will falter, will fall or fail, will go backwards, that it's not likely that the individual will progress in a straight line from where they are now to where they want to be. There will be relapse, and so there needs to be strategies that anticipate that relapse and accommodate it. So, that's the motivational interviewing model. To summarise it again, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance and relapse. And that's it. Those are my top 10 tips of coaching models that have grown up over the years to help coaches work through a conversation with their individual. To summarise them again, coaching model 1, Banda, model 2, Scope, model 3, Grow, model 4, Opera, model 5, AUCCC, model 6, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, Model 7, RAC, a timeline model. Model 8, logical levels. Model 9, Kolb's learning cycle. And Model 10, motivational interviewing. And just as a way of wrapping up this particular section, I found it really, really helpful as an experienced coach now to have had these models installed in my, my thinking. I never use any one of them in a kind of structured, conscious, step-by-step way. I think I may have done perhaps in my early days. Now they're all just tools in the toolkit, and I may find myself using parts of any one of those models at different times with different individuals. So don't become a slave to any of the models. If you're inexperienced, it can help choosing one or perhaps feeling comfortable with one as a way of starting coaching conversations. But over time, the more of these models you have and can access, the richer your conversation is likely to be. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe. You will still get the podcast for free, but you will also get an alert to let you know when the next podcast is available. And please recommend the podcast to anyone else you think might like it and benefit from it. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and any other comment, because they'll help promote the podcast series on the relevant platform. So, bye for now.